Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Burns and Gambo starts now. Straight up to the law. On this Tuesday afternoon, good afternoon and welcome into today's edition of the Burns and Gambo Show here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. My name is Dave Burns, alongside the one, the only, John Gambadoro. Hi, Gambo. What's going on? How much, my friend? How are we doing today? How's I'm life good. treating I'm you? I'm good. I'm, life's good. Life is... Yeah? Life's fine. Yes, it's fine. Yeah. More trips to Costco? No, no more trips to Costco. No, don't. That was that was the, that was the weekend. That was the weekend. Okay. Now it's just you know, good. Good. Everything's everything to, clear getting, in that regard. Getting to work mode, that type of thing. So, are you? Are, are, have, do you still? I haven't been in the studio in a while. Have you? Have you done any changes to it? Or are you sitting in my chair? Or is everything kind of the way I left it? It's been almost a week and a half since I've been in there. I'm well, starting to wonder people, what the place is going to look like. What people should realize is so we've got two. We've got like eight chairs in here, but there's like two two seats and so so Vince Luke and you sit in one seat and then yes. Bickley Wolf and me sit in the other seat so that's that's the way it is I don't I don't want to go in your seat you don't want to go in my seat no no, no, no I like no. my I like my spot you know I like you, my you like your spot okay. I like my you, spot so I, I want to just sit in your spot right? I don't know if you slid over one spot or anything you or, are a little bit closer to the you're a little closer to the window <laughs> You're, you're, you're a little closer to the door. I'm a little closer to the door. <laughs> I'm not sure yeah, what that means. Sure you, but yeah. All right. I just it's been a while. I mean it's it's been You go into what, a hotel a you go into a hotel room, it's got two beds. One's closest to the window, the other's closest to the door. Which one do you take? Um you're, you and your wife are staying in one, the kids are staying in uh, sleeping in another one. I always take I the think, one closest to the window. I think we do too. I don't know why, I but I always you, yeah. I always take the one closest to the window. I get plotted yeah, closest pro- to the door because they said if somebody breaks in, I've got to be the first line of defense. Yeah, that's a good that's a good reasoning. Or the restroom, the first closest to the bathroom. You know what? Right. The answer to the question is wherever the AC unit is. Yes. Where's the AC yeah. unit? Um, I you, want to be you closest want that, to you, that. You want that blowing on you. I want that cold air. Yes, gotcha. wherever wherever gotcha. the AC unit is, um, they, that's that's where I'm at. All right. uh, where are the Suns at after last night's win against the Toronto Raptors? Funny you should ask. That's our top story of the day here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo, the weigh-in. Brought to you by Revitalize Weight Loss. Pascal Siakam into the forecourt. He'll try a long three. It's off the rim, no good. Rebounded by Torrey Craig, and that'll do it. Suns win. Final score, 114-106. They beat the Raptors and improved to 27-25 on the season. Now 19-8 on their home floor. And we thank Mikael Burgess for yet another awe-inspiring night out of a guy who just great. gets better and better mm-hmm. with no, you know, at least with no Devin Booker and still a limited Chris Paul. He's only been back a few games. Mikael Bridges continues to be the story, Gambo. Yeah, now he had an unbelievable first quarter. I mean, his first quarter was... Now, he had a great game overall. 29 points on 12 and 19 shooting, 3 or 4 from deep, 6 rebounds, 3 assists, 3 steals. Fantastic. But that first quarter, he really went off. And the Suns, you know, they, they had the lead. It was a, a good quarter. Chris hit a buzzer-beating 3, and they were up 31-28. But you want to get off to good starts. You don't want to fall behind. And Mikhail, 16 points in the first quarter. You, you project that over a full game. That would have been a 64-point game. He was on five in the first quarter. 
a six out of eight shooting overall, three of three on his three pointers. Got that 31 uh, 28 lead. And look, I thought the Suns were in control except for the third quarter of the game. In the third quarter, the Raptors had two runs. They had a 12 nothing run, Siakam and Van Vliet and a uh, Trent three pointer. And then they had another run that was like 8 nothing. with Trent had a three-pointer, Barnes had a couple of baskets. Those two runs put Toronto in the driver's seat for the game. But that was kind of it. Fourth quarter was really back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And I thought your boy Dario, I thought Dario yeah. played really, really well in the early parts of that fourth quarter. But then eventually the Suns took the lead for good very, very late in the fourth quarter. And they were able to you know, pull away and, uh, and, and win that game against the Raptors. Yeah, there have been there have been some things that have popped during this time where where everyone's been hurt. Book's been hurt, and Payne's been hurt, and Shamit's been hurt, and Paul was hurt for most of it. Certainly, Mikel is the biggest one that has popped. Dario and what he's been able to do. I mean, look, it's not pretty. He's he's athletically he just doesn't have that kind of gift. You know, that there is a. I saw somebody he wrote it as um, how do they describe it? He's like. Your dad at the rec center playing a bunch of kids, kind of athletic, right? Like just not very athletic, but yeah. it's, it's good. It's good. It's it's good enough anyway to be effective out there and, and make no. Now what it's it's going to mean for the playoffs? I don't know what it's going to mean when they get everybody back. I don't know. But in this interim, while they're still missing a bunch of guys, Dario has been a very pleasant surprise in terms of a source of energy and rebounding and shooting and all, I mean just all of it he's he's been having yeah. flashbacks to 2021 when he provided what he yeah, did he's got it, these it, big meat hook hands and he holds onto the ball really really well so when you pass it to him he grabs it when he grabs a rebound he's got it you're not getting it away from him but he had a nice jumper put him up 86 84 he hit a floater put him up 90 89 grabbed the defensive rebound ran the floor and then Saban Lee, you know, his, you know, found him for a basket, 92-89. I thought the fourth quarter came out of the gates. It allows Monty to not have to come back to his to his starters right away. Yes. He's able to ride those bench guys a little bit more, ride Damian Lee, and he rode Saban Lee. Now, eventually, he brings back Mikhail, D.A., Chris, and let's end this thing because it's a closer game. But he wasn't forced to bring them back in 30 seconds in or a minute in to the fourth quarter because Dario got off, got them off to a really good start, and then D. Lee hits a big three pointer and you know made they made you know they 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 kept it right where it needed to be until the starters came back and won the game yeah, in fact, it was just a few games ago when Monty Williams delivered very pointed criticism of the bench. And since then, they've responded, and Mikael Bridges talked about that after last night's game. It's the thing about Mont, man. He don't. He always say he don't call you out. He calls you up. And our team, we just, they're not like, we're not mentally weak, like, yeah, coach criticized you, and what are you going to do about it? You know what I'm saying? Like, you're just going to fall and just kind of feel that pressure on coach, or are you going to step up? And every single guy on his team, especially on the bench, they all work hard. So I knew it was getting another opportunity. They're not going to, they're not going to fail. So um, kudos, kudos to them guys, man. Just everybody's getting better. They're getting better, and it just makes makes our team 
gets everybody else hyped up. But the source of that soundbite now is Mikel Bridges. And you mentioned the hot start that he had in the first quarter. He ended with 29 points, 6 assists, 3 steals. He was 12-19 and 19 from the floor. He was basically running the point in the second quarter while Chris Paul was getting his rest. Um, Kellen Olsen pointed this out in his story at ArizonaSports.com. It feels like another good time to remind everybody that four years and $90 million for Mikel just feels like an absolute bargain and a steal with what he's doing. But bigger than that, Gambo, we have to talk about what what this time away from Booker and to a certain extent Paul has done for Mikel and what it's going to mean for Mikel when those guys come back. I mean, invariably, he's going to take a little bit of a step back in terms of his responsibility. He's going to be sharing the court with Devin Booker. But but how much more of an option have they given themselves in the fourth quarter down the stretch of these games, knowing that Mikel is capable of doing the things that he's done over the last three or four well, weeks? I think it's going to be a really interesting dynamic. Yeah, I think it's I think it's huge. And I think it's huge for the simple reason that we've really struggled to figure out who could be that primary third scorer. You know, who could be it? If Chris and and and, and, and Devin go sideways in a playoff game, or a team, you know, says, look, we're going to do everything we can to trap Devin Booker and not let him, you know, dominate the game, and then Chris is having a bad game, who could step up and be that guy? And, it's you know, D.A., Cam Johnson, Mikhail, there's been a lot of, you know, guys that were capable of doing it, but nobody until now has really shown that I'm the guy. So I would feel very comfortable now that, you know, everybody says, oh, they need to go get another score, need to go get another score. Well, maybe that score is here. Like, maybe it's internally they've got that guy with the way Mikhail's playing right now. Yeah, it's you and I both know, and everybody listening knows that the playoffs are just a different beast. And it, it's one thing to do it in the middle of January against the Toronto Raptors at the end of January. It's another thing to do it in the middle of April or the middle of the May when the pressure is ratcheted up, everything is a little bit tighter. I'm not saying that that means that Mikel won't be able to succeed there, but they are different types of tests, right? Doing it now versus doing it in the playoffs are very different things. And I, and I don't think we'll be totally, completely comfortable with Mikel being that guy until he does it during that time of year and not this time of year. And unfortunately, that's a test that he can't pass until then. It's a test he can't even take until then. So we just have to wait and hope that this time is kind of sharpening those skills because, make no mistake, there will, assuming the Suns are good enough to get into the postseason, there will be a time, multiple times, when the Suns will need this version of Mikel. And I just hope that playoff Mikel is there to answer the call the way January has answered the call for him. I hope it's the same. Well, he's gaining he's gaining the experience and you know, even you know, the last game, I saw you see some baskets from Mikhail that you're like, okay, other guys just can't do this. You saw this in the San Antonio game the other day. He's able to take the ball on the baseline, be completely under the basket, but his arms are so long that he could flip it up off the off the glass and in. Like there's no because his length is so great, his arm, his wingspan is so great. He could take the ball under the basket on the baseline, be so far away from the bit, but his arms are so long he could just flip it up and in. He had a couple of those baskets the other night. I was just blown away. 
away and amazed by that. His mid-range game has gotten better, so it's not just slashing and three-point shooting, which it used to be. It used to be very much, you know, you, you find Mikael slash into the basket, you give him a pass, he scores, or he shoots a three. Now you're seeing him get to the elbow, you know, maybe learning from Chris, but get to that elbow, find that mid-range jumper and knock those down too. When we come back, it has been 22, 23 days since Cliff Kingsbury was fired, and the Cardinals still don't have a head coach. Could that change soon? That's next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Arizona Sports. Breaking news. All right. Make sure it's a verified Twitter account. Yep, there it is. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Adam Schefter. Breaking news. The Saints and the Broncos are finalizing compensation in return for Super Bowl winning head coach Sean Payton. Let's guess what it is. Sources tell ESPN. Let's guess what the compensation is. Um, Second round pick. You know what? I'm going to say it's the Broncos' first round pick this year. The one, yeah, this year. Okay, it's the it's the Chubb, it's the Chubb pick, which okay. I think is like 24. I'd have to go back and look to be sure. So they traded Chubb the, for Sean Payton. It, yeah, they, they, they traded Bradley Chubb. I, I, I'm just that's my guess. You're, you're going yeah. second round pick. I, yeah, I was going to go second round pick. I mean, I just think a first. Well, who knows? I mean, it might be a first. We're guessing here. Total guess. Here's the thing. Sean Payton is done. Okay, he's not coming to the Arizona Cardinals. Not going to happen. Done. And, yep. I, and, and I'm somewhat relieved that he's not coming to the Arizona Cardinals because I didn't want to give up the draft compensation. I didn't care about the Michael money. I didn't want to give up the draft compensation. So to me, that was what I cared about, not having to give up a first round pick this year or next year or a second round. I, I didn't want to give that up. So I think there's a little bit of relief that he's going to the Denver Broncos because I was worried about the compensation from the Cardinals point of things. And look, I bet you Michael Bidwell is somewhat relieved too because he was the last to interview him and I bet you he wanted somebody else to hire him so that way he could say, oh, we tried but we weren't able to get him. So I think in some ways I bet you Michael's pretty relieved as well. Uh, just Okay, I'm just looking it up right now mm-hmm. and we don't know exactly what it is. The Broncos currently have the 30th pick in the draft. Gambo, I hate to break it to you. They do not have a second-round pick. They don't have one. Oh, okay, well, I So, guys, Adam Schefter right. actually uh, jumped on his Twitter and said the uh, Saints and the Broncos have been discussing two potential packages for Sean Payton. The first one is Denver's 2023 first-round pick, next year's second-round pick for Payton, and the Saints' third-round pick in 2024. Okay, go over it again. Go over that again. That one is Denver's 2023 first-round pick and Denver's 2024 second-round pick oh my God. for Sean Payton and the Saints' 2024 third-round pick, or the second Second option is Denver's 2024 first round pick and 2023 fourth. Apparently, according to Adam Schefter, it's the Saints' choice between those two. I give up the first oh. and the fourth rather than give up the first and the second and getting a third back. Yeah, because that's what it is. It's it's a, it's either a first and a second, and you get a third back, or a first and a or fourth. It's a first and a fourth, and you don't get any. Picks I give him. I give him the first and the fourth. Look, I always, choice. I've always thought that if he was going to go anywhere, it would be the Broncos. You know this. I thought that was the best oh, yeah. job. I thought yeah. you, I thought that was the best job was the Denver Broncos. I truly believe that the, that ownership, the commitment to winning, the only thing that made me kind of a little bit leery of it was the AFC. you got to go play Justin Herbert two times a year and Mahomes two times a year. And 
So, so that's the one thing is the, the AFC is just loaded with talent. But I did feel that the Denver Broncos was the best job on the board this year, and that if he was going to go somewhere, that it was going to be the Broncos. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly there were two of the five teams looking for head coaches. There were two ownership groups that I think were the most willing to pay Sean Payton financially whatever it is Sean Payton wanted, and that was David Tepper in Carolina, and that was the Walton, the the, the Walmart crew in Denver, because it's just they are in an upper tier when it comes to the money that they have to spend. The AFC thing was a question mark. There's no doubt the AAT is loaded. Fixing Russell Wilson, that's a thing. There's no doubt that that's going to be a huge task for him because that roster is kind of built to win now. Do you have a quarterback good enough to win now? That's one of the big questions there. Um, but it, 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 I would agree that it did seem all along that Denver was kind of the most obvious of the choices because you had a quarterback, you had the money, you had a first-round pick that you could give up that wasn't a great first-round pick. It was a good first-round pick. There was kind of a lot there, and then you heard all these stories about does he like the ownership group there? Is he worried that there's going to be a power struggle? We read in the last couple of days that, hey, maybe they've circled back to Jim Harbaugh and they're looking there. It seems in retrospect now that a lot of that was just kind of leverage and game-playing behind the scenes, right? Like, a just everybody trying to get the best deal they possibly can for this. There was, it's, go ahead, finish your thought. No, I was just gonna, go ahead. You, fin- you, know, you finish your thought. Go ahead. There was a reporter for the Washington Post last week. Remember, he reported that there was an issue with the Peyton interview in the Broncos and that he liked the idea of coaching Russell Wilson but feared the potential power struggle with the ownership group. But then Sean Payton was like, zero truth to this. We had a great visit and ownership was fantastic. You remember that? That was a few days ago. It was like five days ago where Sean Payton tweeted out that I had a really good meeting with the ownership group. But there was a report from a guy from The Washington Post saying he's worried about the ownership group. And he said that he wasn't. So obviously they got that figured out. Yeah, no, yeah, and that's that's the kind of the, one of the stories I was referring to as being like a game playing kind of leverage moment behind the scenes between these two. I'm just trying to figure out now what Denver's compensation translates to the Arizona Cardinals. Like, if that's what it was for Denver, what would it have been for Arizona? And I know there's no point in doing it other than to say, you know, what could the Cardinals have done if they really wanted to get in on this? And by the way, Schefter just tweeted out a moment ago that it has been agreed to. It's the first round pick this year. It's a second round pick next year in exchange for Sean Payton and a third round pick next year. So a first, a second in exchange for Payton and a third. That's the deal. All right, so they get it. So the Saints get the Saints get more than a first round pick. They get good compensation, you know, compensation equal to Belichick and Parcells and Gruden. So they keep that going. They were able to get the compensation that they wanted. You know, the Broncos, I think, very desperate to hire a coach like that after the the failures with Nathaniel Hackett and how bad the year was. The investment that they've got in Russell Wilson, they need a guy that could fix that. Because if Russell Wilson is right, they can be very competitive. Um, You know, so the first round pick this year would be the Chubb pick that they got, right? Yeah, the thirtieth okay. pick overall in the draft. Okay, so I'm looking first... at the full draft order right now. That is, and it's actually, it's Miami's pick through San Francisco. Yeah, so it's actually San Francisco's pick. So that's why it's number thirty. It's not Miami's pick. It's San Francisco's pick from, I believe, the Trey Lance deal. So yeah. Um, 
Or, so, or some, they, no, I, so they don't have a second, right? I think you said this yesterday. The Broncos yeah. don't have a second. Yeah, they don't have a second. They're not picking so, until the third round. They are not picking until the third round. This year, wow. Denver's first pick in the draft will be number 68 overall based off the information I have in front of me. I think they have yep. two third-round picks, if I remember correctly, but I'm not sure. 68 and 69. You okay. are correct. There I'm it looking is. at the draft right now. So, so no first-round pick, no second-round pick, and then they give up a second-rounder next year but get a third-rounder back. Okay, so right. we officially move on. I'm good. Um, like, I'm happy. Like, I'm happy. I'm happy. I, I, didn't wa- I, I wouldn't have wanted to give that up for Sean Payton. Arizona Sports, breaking news. Well, 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 it just doesn't stop, does it? When one domino falls, another one does as well. According to Ian Rappaport, the Texans and 49ers defensive coordinator D'Amico Ryans have agreed to terms, and he will be their new head coach. (laughs) And just that, there are are two openings left. It's the Colts and the Cardinals. Play the sounder again. Play it again. Arizona Sports. Breaking news. There's got to be another one coming any time if he would just play it. What do you got? Keep it running on loop? <laughs> just on a loop. Just keep it running. I mean, it's one domino, two dominoes. Let's go. Maybe we, can, maybe we can make breaking news happen if we keep playing it. You know, we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll, we're creating it. the news by playing it, right? Yeah, I'm, like listen, we're the cause. D'Amigo Ryans to the Texans was a done deal the second he turned down the, uh, the two interviews, including one with the Cardinals. That was a done deal. He was going to the Texans. Anybody else no find doubt. it convenient that Rich, Rich our producer, Mitch Veraldez, the Broncos fan, is gone for a couple days, and now all of a sudden Sean Payton is going to be <laughs> working with the Broncos? That's a little interesting to me. A little weird. All right, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to break, but we're going to stay on this, um, if it's all right with everybody back there, because I still think there's a lot more to talk about with this, especially now we really haven't got into the, okay, what's next conversation, right? Now what? for the Arizona Cardinals. So that's exactly what we're going to do when we come back. If you're just tuning in, Sean Payton to Denver, to Miko Ryans, to the Texans, and just like that, there are two coaching vacancies in the NFL. The Cardinals have one of them. What do they do now? That's next on the Burns and Gambo Show. I'm Eric Ruby, the latest from the Arizona Sports Desk, presented by Parker & Sons, heating, cooling, plumbing, and electrical. After a slight game of cat and mouse, Sean Payton will not be the next head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. As according to multiple sources, the Saints and Denver Broncos are finalizing a deal to send Payton to the Mile High City, along with a 2024 third-rounder in exchange for Denver's 2023 first-rounder via the 49ers and next year's second round. Oh, and the Texans have also hired their next head coach. As according to reports, D'Amico Ryans will head back to Houston. For more on the Cardinals as they now pivot in their head coaching search, open up the Arizona Sports app and keep it tuned in to Burns and Gambo. The latest is brought to you by Presidential Pool, Spas, and Patio. Swim year-round and upgrade the value of your home with Presidential Pool, Spas, and Patio. Dive in at presidentialpools.com. and Gambo. Afternoons 2 till 6 on Arizona Sports. The local sports leader. Go ahead. Go ahead. Hit it. Go ahead. You hit it. The Burns and Gambo need to know Twitter poll presented by Sanderson Ford. Live radio without a net here on the Burns and Gambo show. Breaking news with Sean Payton going to Denver, but we're still doing the Twitter poll here because I believe, Eric, you've put together a, a 
got a good poll question out, but we've got a more now-related question that you just put out there, correct? Yeah, we've got two questions on at Burns and Gambo today. The first one's about Mikael Bridges. We might hit that later in the show. But the one about the news that just broke. How are you guys feeling about the Broncos trade package for Sean Payton? The terms are Denver is receiving Sean Payton in a 2024 third rounder. New Orleans is receiving a 2023 first rounder from the Broncos that actually comes from the 49ers. That one at the end of the first round. And a 2024 second round pick New Orleans will be receiving for Sean Payton. Is that an overpay, equal value, or an underpay? I think it's an underpay. You think it's under? Think I'll it's say underpay. equal I value. I, I think Sean Payton's just a difference maker. I really do. I think Sean Payton's a difference maker. I think it's an underpay. It's not an overpay because that's the going rate. I'll say equal value. I mean, because it's not like the Cardinals pick. It's not a top five pick. It's a later pick. So I'll go equal value. This one very, very early. Just got put out there. But early returns have overpay, leading the way at 47.3%. But close behind at 41.7% is equal value, just under 10% going for underpay. Yeah, I, well, I mean, it's. It, I think that a coach like Sean Payton does not come around very often. And for you to have the opportunity to get a coach like Sean Payton, uh, Gambo and I are agreed. I would not have given up the number three pick. I would not have done it. That, to me, is an overpay. I just, you can't do that if you're the Cardinals. There's too much you can do with that. I was open to talking about many, many other options the Cardinals could have gotten to get him. So, for me, what the Broncos give up a late first-round pick, a future second, to get back Sean Payton in a third, I, I, I think... I feel like the Broncos got the better of that deal, I guess. that That's that's how I feel about it. The Broncos got the better of that deal. Um, it's done. It's done. It's not happening here. John Payton is going to the Denver Broncos. And, again, yeah. if you, and I, I know you keep saying that. I'm disappointed. I am disappointed. Yeah, um, I, I, I mean, I understand I, that. I, I get it. I mean, you, you get a chance for a big-name coach. And like I said, though, you, you hope that the Cardinals don't hire a guy that gets fired in two or three years. Sean Payton's not going to get fired in two or three years. You no, got a no. little bit of cost certainty with Sean Payton. Like, you got a little bit of cost certainty. He's going to build a good staff. He's going to coach the team really well. Um, so I think you feel like, hey, three years from now, you go through all the coaches that are going to get, get hired. I would say the longevity is going to be with Payton over anybody else. Whoever the Cardinals hire, you just, if, if they end up firing a guy in two or three years, we're going to look back at this day and say, should have got Sean Payton. Should have yeah. got him. And that's that's part of it. There's also just a credibility factor that he brings to the equation that no disrespect to any of the other guys, some of whom are former NFL head coaches themselves. Sean Payton, it's, I, I keep Gambo going back to the words of Larry Fitzgerald from our morning show in which he talked about a no-brainer. You get a chance to get a like to get a guy like this. You have to take it. You have to. I'm paraphrasing, of course, but it was such an overwhelmingly strong endorsement, and that's how I felt about Sean Payton all along. It's why I told you a couple of weeks ago. If you're talking about this year's two and next year's one, I'm open to that for the Cardinals because the Cardinals have never really gone out and hired a coach like Sean Payton. They've never really had a guy like that who's been in charge of the football operation. It would have. Have 
added an instant whiff of real credibility and real seriousness that none of the other candidates, I, I think, can just offer at this point. And I was really desperate for that, right? I was desperate for a true change in direction and a true kind of voice in the room who had been there before. And so for me, I, I get it. You're, the draft pick compensation for you is is all of that, and I understand it's valuable. But I think having a difference maker at the head coach position is even more valuable than the picks. And I am very disappointed they didn't get Sean Payton. Yeah, very and, and time will tell. Eventually, time will tell if they made a mistake or not. Now, it'll be interesting if Michael Bidwell does any press conferences and you know we could ask him about that. You did have a seven, eight-hour meeting with him. I mean, what happened there? Oh, when Sean Payton, was he offered the Cardinals job? And we don't know that. Um, if he was, then and he chose the Broncos over the Cardinals. But listen, I think that the Cardinals, my, my gut feeling right now is I think the Cardinals are going to hire one of the guys that they're interviewing in these next couple of days. I think they went through the gamut. They interviewed everybody, weren't blown away, clearly haven't hired anybody yet. They got, what, two, three new guys coming in. I would I would think that one of those guys is going to be the next head coach of the Cardinals. All right, so let's, let's try to figure out what's next for the Arizona Cardinals. Today, the Cardinals are reportedly from Tom Pelissero interviewing Giants offensive coordinator Mike Kafka for the head coaching job. Uh, that is today. Reportedly now, tomorrow, it's going to be Lou Anarumo, the defensive coordinator of the Cincinnati Bengals, a name that has gotten a lot of play the last couple of weeks for the job he's done, but not a lot of play when it comes to the coaching vacancies. He gets his interview tomorrow, and then, of course, according to the reports, it's supposed to be Bengals offensive coordinator Brian Callahan sometime in the next couple of days, maybe Thursday or so. So now we get to a point where you believe it's going to be one of these three new guys. I think that's a possibility. I think it's also a possibility that they are still thinking about one of the guys they spoke to last week. They just they didn't get a chance to talk to the Bengals guys right yet. They, they, they've been waiting because they were in the playoffs. They didn't have an opportunity to speak them. Give them one chance to blow them away, and if they don't, do they circle back and have a second interview? Interview with one of the guys they talked to last week. It, it seems like if they loved a guy from last week, they would have hired a guy from last week, but they also might have been waiting to see what was going on on the Sean Payton front. They didn't want to commit in case they had a chance. So leave that door open. I still wouldn't be surprised if there's a circle back to somebody from last week. I really, really wouldn't. Could be. Could be. I mean, I'm not ruling out Vance right now. I mean, I'm really not. I'm not ruling out Vance Joseph. Um but I do think that the fact that they've opened it up for some more interviews, I think that that kind of leads you to believe that they weren't blown away by any of the interviews they've done so far. And they want to expand the search and see if somebody else can come in. Now, all it takes is somebody, one of those guys to come in and, you know, blow them away on in the interview. And then this thing is done. And now I don't know that you feel any pressure. I mean, D'Amico Ryan's did an interview with you and you probably were very reluctant to hire Peyton because of the draft pick compensation. So it's not like you've lost anybody that you really wanted. Now, earlier, Quinn decided to stay and Frank Reich. So, but, you know, as far as the other guys, Aaron Glenn and Ezro Ivero and Vance Joseph and you know the guys that we've talked about, those guys are still available. I, I I'm just giving you my gut feeling. The fact that they didn't hire any of those guys and they've expanded the search to me means that 
it'll be one of the guys in the expanded search that they end up hiring. Yeah. Look, and I could be prejudiced too. The guy I like is a guy they spoke to a week ago. I still like Brian Flores. I don't like him as much as Sean Payton, but I like Brian Flores. I think he'd be a good choice. So maybe, maybe I, I want them to circle back because I still want them to hire a Brian Flores type, somebody who has experience as a head coach before. I'm very intrigued by that. I, I've kind of prioritized that to a certain extent. Um, it, it's obviously not going to be right. He's in Carolina. It's, if you missed the other news, too, D'Amico Ryan's officially announced as the Houston Texans head coach. It was never going to be him. He canceled with the Cardinals about a week, week and a half ago. You might be right. I mean, it, it, I think it, it, that's the simplest explanation is that they obviously didn't love anybody they spoke to a week ago. Let's bring in a new batch of candidates and see. But I, I also think they might have been... I don't want to say killing time, but just buying time while wondering what was going to happen with Sean Payton and not knowing whether they were out of that. And since they weren't doing anything anyway, why not speak to a few other guys and just see if anybody blows you away? We'll see. But it's down to two. It's the Colts and the Cardinals. So the only two teams that have not hired a coach yet so far in this cycle. And the Cardinals have choices, mm-hmm. but maybe not the one that everybody would have wanted in Sean Payton. Yeah, and the Colts, right? The owner still is kind of pushing for uh, for Jeff Saturday is that's the late that was the latest report over the weekend or late last week was that his football people wanted somebody else and he really wanted Jeff Saturday they've spoken to a lot of people there too I don't know if that's like an internal tug of war going on but yeah that was that was some of the reporting going on late last week so no Sean Payton he's going to Denver a first and a second being given up by Denver in exchange for Payton and a third no D'Amico Ryans he's going to the Houston Texans we'll keep be completely updated on what's going on with the Cardinals coaching search. We're also going to keep you updated on this. Last night Arizona Sports captured a video of Suns President of Basketball Ops James Jones and the Raptors Masai Ujiri walking into the tunnel together last night. Does that mean a trade is on the horizon? (laughs) We'll talk about that next on the Burns and Gambo Show. and Gambo, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Of course, last night it wasn't lulled on anybody that the Suns were playing the Toronto Raptors team that they have been somewhat linked to when it comes to the trade deadline in the NBA, which is coming up on February 9th, so we're, what, a week and two days away. Um, it was not helped by the fact that uh, I believe it was Kellen Olsen. It could have been somebody else. I'm not sure, but there was a tweet last night from our own Arizona Sports Twitter account. Uh, Suns and Raptors respective uh, presidents of basketball operations, James Jones and Masai Ujiri, walking down the tunnel together before their team square off. I saw this video on Twitter last night. I'm looking at a still photo of it right now. It's James and Masai and they're just kind of walking past the fans and they're going into a tunnel. This photo could literally be of a dozen different things that these two guys are going to go off and do. They could be, they could get to the end of the tunnel and one could go left and one could go right and that could be it. They could be going to have a meeting. They could be going to have a meal. They could be going to have a glass of water. Who knows? But because the Suns and the Raptors have been somewhat linked when it comes to the trade deadline, I got to admit, it was kind of appealing video to watch. Like, huh. hmm, I wonder where those two are going. I wonder what those going to go talk about, right, Gambo? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, it's a it's a team that makes a lot of sense. And, you know, I've talked about this. It's interesting because I've been saying for a while now that the cost to get an OG Ananobi would be Cam Johnson, at least one first-round pick and expiring contract 
Patriots. And then I don't know who had it, but somebody had a report today, and they also mentioned Cam Johnson, which we've been mentioning for a while now. Well, let me play it for you. It was Sham Sharania, who was, I believe, on a FanDuel uh, sports show talking about how the Raptors are listening on OG Ananobi and the Suns are interested. The Raptors are taking calls on OG Ananobi. You look at the Knicks, they're willing to give up multiple first-round picks for OG Ananobi. But another team in the last week or so that's emerged is the Phoenix Suns. I think they're a team that they have the assets. Eight first-round draft picks at their disposal between now and 2030. They've got the picks. Uh, they've got players. They've got guys like Cam Johnson. You have expiring contracts like Dario Sarge, Jay Crowder. Can you put together a package for Ojean and Nubi? Uh, could you go get something for a Jay Crowder that can kind of replenish your bench? I think those are really the two pathways right now. Interesting. Because I don't remember Shams mentioning Cam Johnson before. No, no. Before I'm today. glad that he listens to the show and picks up on, uh, on the things that we've been reporting <laughs> on that. Yeah, listen, there's, I mean, it's, I mean, where else is that? We, we were the ones been reporting it. If that, if you go get OG Ananobi, the cost is going to be probably Cam, expiring contract, and at least one first round pick. It might be two. Listen, now, let's go over a couple things here. There's a reason Toronto wants to get off of OG Ananobi. It's very similar when they got rid of De- De- DeMar DeRozan and they ended up getting Kawhi Leonard for one year because Kawhi gave him a better chance to win. They ended up winning a championship, but DeMar was two years out from getting paid, and they didn't want to pay him. The Toronto Raptors are not going to want to pay OG Ananobi after next year. They're not going to want to have to give him a contract. He's on a four-year deal for like $70 million. They're not going to want to pay him, and one of the reasons why he's got an incredibly long list of significant injuries that have cost him a lot of time. He doesn't play a lot of NBA games. I mean, he's a very talented all-around player, very good defensively, um, but man, Man, I mean, a hip injury, wrist injury. He, had, he tore his ACL in college. But uh, there's been significant injuries, a hip injury, a wrist injury, an ankle injury. That's caused him to miss a lot of time. So it's a, definitely a concern of mine that he's missed a lot of time. What's great about him, he's a big body, 6'8", great width, great strength, great wingspan, all-around good player. Lot to like about him. But if you get him, you're going to have to pay him. In a year, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to end up paying him in a year. Now, maybe good because you'll be off a of crisp by that time. But there are definitely some things you've got to think about with him because of that long injury history. Yeah, I'm looking at his stats right now, and to your point, he played in his rookie year. He played in 74 games. His second year, 67. His third year, 69. It's really in 2020 and 2021 where he only played in 43 games in the 2020-2021 season. And then the next year, 21-22, he played in 48 games. He's played in 45 so far this year. So it was really the two years prior to this one where he played in a little more than half the season in both of those years. And that would be, I can see how certainly that would be a concern for him. And I mean, since 
because we're talking about Cam Johnson, I mean, he too is a guy who's going to get paid, and he too is a guy that you're going to want to pay. He's a very different player from OG Ananobi, and it could be stylistically, if we're talking about Cam now, it could be stylistically the Suns are kind of making a choice here. Which type of player do we value more? Do we value an offensive threat who can fill it the way Cam Johnson can, who's decent defensively, but not elite by any stretch of the imagination? Or do we value an ultra-athletic wing who certainly can score, but not quite like Cam Johnson can, at least not quite the three-point shooting prowess that Cam Johnson has? Do we value that a little bit more? Because you, something you said yesterday has just been ringing in my ears ever since we talked about this. It, it seems highly unlikely you're going to be able to pay both Cam Johnson and OG Ananobi, even if you wanted to. Like, even if you can. had both on your roster at the same time. Yep. I mean, unless you want to go deep, 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 deep into the tax, seems like it's going to be a very difficult proposition to have both on your roster at the same time if you want Absolutely. To. That's why, uh, you know, now you will have eventually, if you do, I don't know what they're going to do with Chris. And now eventually that money will free up, but you're going to need a point guard. So you're going to have to pay a point guard at some point. So it's not like you're going to save all this money. You're going to have to spend some money on a point guard. But if you don't trade DA, because, you know, maybe you can't trade him and you've got Booker and you've got Mikhail and next year, say you got Chris at 30, you can't have OG Ananobi and Cam Johnson. And you can't have, you can't have OG Ananobi, Cam Johnson, Mikael Bridges, DeAndre Ayton, Devin Booker, and Chris Paul. It doesn't work. I got a Matt Ishbier or not. It doesn't work. So you would have to trade somebody that's in your rotation that's that's a guy that's going to get paid, you know, for OG Ananobi. Now, Cam is a much better shooter than OG Ananobi, but OG's a much better defensive player. Both guys have had injury history, so you might look at it like that, too. Like, okay, you, the Suns are somewhat fearful of the injury history with Cam, and they would be somewhat fearful of the injury history, I think, with OG, because, yeah. you know, he's, he's got a fractured finger now. He didn't play in that game last night. He's been out. He's got a long injury history since he's been since he was drafted, tore his ACL in the final year in Indiana. The last two years, he's sat out over 50 games. He's got a calf injury, you know, two bone injuries. I mean, I'm a little worried about that. I'm a little... He's a good player. If he was healthy, this is a... I'm fine. If he's if he's a healthy player, Cam Johnson and a first at a expiring contract, okay, I'll do it. But you got to be leery a little bit, and maybe that brings the price down, too, for a 6'8 player with that type of wingspan and everything. That probably has brought the price down to, to what it is right now because of the injury history. Yeah, in perfect world, if you could have both on your roster this year and only this year, that would make the Suns formidable in the West come playoff time. I don't know if you can swing that or not, and certainly at the end of the year, you'd likely have to make a choice who gets paid and who doesn't. But in the very, very short term, if you could find a way to have both on the same roster, that would be one hell of a roster that you'd be moving forward with, at least for the last two months of the season and the postseason. When we come back... We always love having them on to talk basketball, a little football. You're going to want to stick around. Suns forward-ish Wainwright. He himself had a good night last night in the win against the Raptors. He'll join us next on the Burns and Gambo Show.